The episode you are about to hear contains explicit words. The opinions within are those of the hosts and in no way imply that anyone listening to this podcast agrees with anything we say. Please send complaints to thisflippinpodcast at gmail.com. Episode 1B. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I recorded something not too long ago. Uh, this would technically be 110, apparently. Yeah, you did the alien, right? Is that the last uh, one? The Fathom thing. Oh, yeah, the, the Fathom, Fathom thing. Fathom. Haggis. Yeah. Haggis Fathom. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just do our thing. Sounds good to Let's, me. You still you still remember how to press the buttons and you take it you're recording this. I, I'm already I am <laughs> recording right now. And uh Oh perfect. Let's shoot for like let's try to do an hour. Let's not go yeah, let's cool. not go crazy. Works for me, man. Because <laughs> um uh, yeah, it's good, man. It's good <clears throat> to talk to you. But yeah, we can we can get into that a little bit. Um but yeah, I'm ready to go when you are. All right. Well, this is episode 110 of uh, this flipping podcast. And if you hear that familiar voice there, uh, Taylor Reese is back uh, for this episode. We continue to make no commitments <laughs> whatsoever to bringing you content <laughs> on any sort of regular basis. But uh, just personally, I got a smile on my face right now because I'm happy to talk to you, Taylor. I miss you, buddy. I'm glad you uh, were felt the need or the desire to talk a little pinball. And uh, as always, man, it's good to see you. How you been? I've been good, man. I um, yeah, it's good to talk to you too. I mean, it's been a crazy year. We have not recorded together for nine months. Yeah, I so say I knew it was it was up there. I wasn't sure if it was nine months or close I think to it a was year. But September sixth is the last time I see that we were on Hangouts. So I assume that was the last right. episode. That would make sense. Yeah, and it's not that we have. Uh, not stayed in contact, yeah. but we just haven't recorded an episode. For those of you that are out there going, oh, no, they fell off the face of the earth with each other, yeah. uh, we still are in some group chats together yeah. and touch base with each other and all that good stuff. But, yeah, we haven't sat down to just talk about pinball in quite some time. Yeah, it's it's been, um, it's been a crazy year, obviously, for everybody. I think that, for me, 
um, I just needed a break. I think, I think my big thing was like, for me, pinball is so much about like hanging out with my friends that when I no longer could really do that, I just kind of like went to a, I just became kind of disinterested in talking about it. Um, I've, I've played, you know, I've, I play, I play all the time, you know, my own, my own games, but I haven't like, yeah. So that, that was kind of like, I guess the impetus for like why I felt like I needed a break. Um, cause it just felt weird. Like I wasn't like really sure what to talk about. And then, um, yeah, I just had other stuff going on. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in the, <laughs> the year of the pandemic, realistically, like sitting down and recording a podcast about something that we weren't as active doing, yeah. didn't, you know, could see how it wasn't high on our priority list. Uh, I did occasionally record in your absence, yeah. but nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing too crazy. I maybe put out a handful of episodes when I just kind of got bored and felt like talking pinball yeah. into a microphone. So, uh, I know we had some Facebook comments recently on something that we were both tagged in or posted in and someone mentioned they missed our, our di- dynamic, uh, relationship of the podcast. And I have to agree. We, uh, I like our, whatever it is that we have. I like, yeah, it. I think it's, it's I good. think it's good, man. Yeah. I, I miss talking to you. And there's definitely times where I was like, Oh yeah, we should, we should record. But then I also didn't want to be like the, the quitter who like couldn't quit. Like I didn't want to be the uncommitted quitter. The the boxer who keeps coming back for another yeah. fight. Um but I'm also like I you know, I have a mod company where I keep closing my I keep closing my business, but I never stop. So I am definitely like the, the guy who cried wolf <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, I've noticed your thread says closed <laughs> all the time, but like yet you're taking orders constantly and I know uh, you sent a video today like I think you said you have the most rails in production you've ever had. It's it's, it's been crazy. I mean, I, and honestly, I had to I had to say that I was closed because I was so busy that I felt like if I was open. So, so one of the things that the pandemic, how the pandemic affected me, um, you know, like I we've been pretty fortunate that you know my kids have been were, have been able to be be virtual the whole time. My wife has worked from home. I've, you know, going into it, I was a stay-at-home dad, so I didn't have an ab- obligation to go into work or anything like that. Um, so, you know, but I was doing the rails, and the the way that I the way that I make my rails, like I order I order my material from a company, and they basically stop producing it. So. I, I got to a point where I basically was like, I'm going to run out of material. I have to shut down. And I, that was a pretty dark point for me because that's just something that I've done for, I've made rails. Making rails is the longest job that I've ever held. Like I've been, I've been to, <laughs> I mean, it, that sounds stupid, but I, I've been doing it now for, I think over 15 years. I mean, to be fair, that's a long time. For my longest job is working at the bar because that's going on like nine years now. Yeah, but that, so, but I mean, that's like yeah. that, like at that bar. As far as like consistency, like I've been doing that for as I mean, I've been doing that forever, and 
so I, I hit a point where I was like, I'm going to run out of material. I am not going to be able to take orders. And so I had to close and it was, it sucked. Like I was, I went, I was in a dark place, man. Like, like Kristen, my wife can attest. She was like, yeah, it was just not good. And, um, but I managed to, I'm not sure how, but like, I kind of like tapered back a little bit. I, I never like didn't take orders, but I think that by, by saying that I was closed, I slowed the orders down enough and like, I wasn't really on pin side. And then I, I post to pin side, like that's my primary, that's my primary way that I like get orders and stuff like that. And so, you know, I posted on there that I was closed and I've continued to make rails and I, and I basically, I posted my, I have a thread on there and I posted there to just update people. That's opposed to like everybody reaching out, like, Hey, what's the status of my rails? Like I post pictures of like the process. So you can see basically exactly like people can follow along, like with where their rails are in the process. And it's just been nuts, man. Like I finally figured out my material issue. I, so I was able to source material and I just been making crazy amount of rails, but, um, but yeah, so I I'm closed. I've been officially closed, but I, I, I have to say like in the summers, I do take the summers off cause the humidity and like my kids, like they're out of school. So, you know, it's like we try to travel and stuff like that. So I do take the summer off. So I will have to like officially shut down, shut down. Tommy is like doing some weird camera angle. I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> Tommy, I'm trying to get comfortable in my pinball spare parts room. Right Tommy now, is, so. Tommy is on. So, so if, if, if you could see what I saw, Tommy is laying on the floor in front. Like, uh, there's a, I think an EM, there's an EM behind him. There may be an EM on top of him, but there's just like pinball parts and crap surrounding him. But this is, uh, yeah, this is classic Tommy. This is what I get a, this is what I missed. Uh, I miss this so much. I'm currently resting my head on a, a box. <laughs> um, my head is resting on a box that contains a, uh, coin door for a stern electronics pinball machine. I just bought nice. Yeah. I'm doing good. Doing good over here. Um, but yeah, so the, so the rail stuff is the rail stuff has been crazy. It's yeah, it's been super busy. Which is, I mean, it's I mean, my kids are in school during the day. My wife is working, and so I'll go in the garage and pump out rails. And um, and I think that's a an offshoot of the pandemic too, because I mean, I know me personally, I've worked on pinball machines more this year than I ever have, and I think a lot of other people oh, took this downtime. Yeah to knock out those restorations they were always going to eventually get to. And, uh, suddenly your rails are more in more demand than ever. I believe. Yeah. It's been, I mean, I've not, yeah, it's, it's worked out well. Like I have to say, like I've, I've been able to, the turnover has been pretty good. Um, weather's cooperated. I, I think, I think for me, the thing that's tough with the rails is like, I really enjoy making them. Like I, I like the process of making them. And so, I mean, you're, you're essentially, you you have a lot of, are you a carpenter by, by trade? Is that essentially what you were trained to do? Well, I mean, I know you worked in as a carpenter essentially on Hollywood films, yeah. but it's something you have a skill and a passion for. I, I mean, my, my background is, my background is sculpture. Um, okay. so I mean, through fine arts is kind of where I was introduced to like using tools and stuff like that. And then certainly like I, my carpentry was through like working in film. So I was a prop maker, which is a carpenter. Um, and I, I think that like my process comes from that. 
Like I have a process. Like I, there's, there's certain things that I do when I make rails that I've definitely taken from working on building movie sets because yeah. Um, I'm, I just make it work. You know what I mean? Like, cause a lot of the rails are just like, you get like tapered slots on like solid States and stuff like that. And like, so, you know, have to make jigs and, you know, I had to, I had to create, I had to develop a process to where I could make them efficiently enough that it was worth my time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so the real thing's been good, but so I've been, I've been doing that a lot, keeping busy with that. Um, I played a lot of pinball, <laughs> played a lot of Jurassic. Yeah. Your your mic. Uh, I was gonna say I, I recently checked my audit. Your mic, your mic, of my Tommy. Your mic sounds like you got yeah. It's all scratchy. I don't know. <laughs> About now. No, it's still scratchy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. How About now. It's still scratchy. Pull it, push the cord back in the in the back. That's better. I can already tell it's better. Okay. Oh, Sorry. That's better. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Awesome. Sorry about that, that's guys. Um, yeah, I checked my audits on my Jurassic Park that's been on location since it literally it was brought home, and it's at twenty one hundred plays. Yeah, it's a pl- it's yeah. a playable game. Oh yeah, but that's a game that's on location. Yours uh, has been in your house for like what a year? No, I got it during. The, oh yeah, maybe maybe a year. Close to yeah. a year, and you're at what nine thousand? No, from? I don't know. Uh, probably, probably, I don't know, over 4,000. Oh, wow. I just, I just, I'm, I, that amazes me. <laughs> but I, I mean, <laughs> I'm I, so jealous. I mean, you know, I would come down at night after my kids went to bed and I would play to like one or 2 a.m. every night and just, I would just play Jurassic Park over and over again. Like, I, oh, it's, yeah, I get it. I, it's a game that'll suck you in. It's, and I almost, you know, and then I did the uh, the pin clash thing, um, mm-hmm. which was fun. And that was the first time like I ever really played um, Escape Nublar. Yeah, but, same thing. That that tournament got me into trying out that as well. Yeah, I mean, like super. I mean, it's a super cool mode, but it's also as a home owner, like I didn't want to get, I didn't want to play. I I want to earn the wizard mode. Like I've never been into like doing the cheat code so you could play a it's, wizard mode like. Twilight Zone or anything like if, that. It makes you feel better. It's it's different if you actually get to it. I've gotten to it. Yeah, I've gotten okay. I've well, gotten I've know. gotten to it. I think I've gotten to it. Those four thousand plays, I've gotten to it. I think twice. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. But after, I mean, after the pin clash, I was definitely like, okay, I am not going to play this until I can earn it. And then I was like, I need to get to it. I got. I've gotten to it. I think I've gotten to it twice. And the first time. Man, the first time I'm no, I've gotten to it twice. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I, it's a great game. I think Jurassic Park's great. Um, yeah, it's it's an amazing game. What what are you uh, what have you been playing at home? Um, not well. Stargazer a lot because yeah. I built it and it it was fun and Centaur as well. Um, I'd say those are the two I've been playing at home for the most part. And my aerobatics that you can kind of see behind me covered in some stuff. Did you restore Centaur? Did that? 
I was very fortunate that my friend Michael did the playfield swap largely for me uh, during wrestling season since I was so busy. Yeah. I helped wire up the lights and I helped redo like some of the connectors and stuff, redid the coin door, but he did like all the mechanisms and all of the actual swapping. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so that was awesome. And then uh, trying to think, I think I put mostly new boards in that one and I got a back glass from Coos from the Netherlands. So I've got like a mirrored back glass on the Centaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say after having now had those at home and kind of tying into like Haggis and obviously they're redoing Fathom and they said they're going to do other bellies. I think without a doubt Centaur will be next just based on the value of the machines. But out of all my bellies that I have, I have to say Centaur for like gameplay is at the bottom of my list. It's like, it's so beautiful. I love it. It's, it's a literal work of art. I think the only game with better art is Fathom, but like, gameplay i i get why they were all beat to shit on location back in the day because it is super multi-ball heavy oh yeah i mean that's basically yeah, what you're like trying to I, do the whole i had time, never right? spent yeah i had never spent a lot of time on centaur before because you just don't see them that often and then after having it for a while and like learning the rules i'm just like holy shit uh, this game as far as the rule set goes is like just not as good as some of the other valleys of the area i still think Frontier might be like my favorite when it comes to like purely rules at this point. But uh yeah, it's beautiful and I, I love it and I can't thank Michael enough for doing that for me. Um he loves working on machines, uh, so that you know, he enjoys it. But uh it's it turned out beautiful. It's got some white Reese rails in it, which really make it look great. I got the uh I sprung for the mirrored plastics from CPR, which you can't really tell are mirrored anyway, so don't waste your money on them if anyone else out there is looking to redo them. It's not that they did a bad job on them or anything. It's just one of those things you don't really see or notice yeah. when you're playing in a game at all. You have to really point it out for someone to be like, hey, no, look, that's mirrored. That cost me extra. Um, and Ron Kruzman cleared that play field for me. So that's my first game with a Kruzman play field actually installed. And I, I do have to say it does not dimple like he advertises. Really? So he's, yeah, I, uh, I got like, I got kind of ballsy and wanted to test it. So I did it under the apron area, but I just like legit threw pinballs at it uh, from like me standing up in that play field, being on the ground and like throwing it down, not just dropping it. And it did not that dimple. I was impressed. Ah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he explained it to me. Essentially. It's just like his process of taking time, but that's why when you send a play field to him to get clear coded, it takes like three to six months because he, does really thin layers and he waits like two weeks in between each coat and sands it in the meanwhile. And it just makes it get really hard. Wait, and, so. and his turnaround time is six months. Uh, yeah, essentially. I mean, that's, so, I mean, it's at least that's good. It, it depends on, yeah, it depends on what you're sending him. Like if you order something from CPR and send it straight there, yeah. he likes to let it sit for several months yeah. to make sure it's going to do whatever it's going to do, which as, when we first started talking, you were like, what play field is that? I got a, uh, a Vault on Escapes Cosmic Doom play field from CPR almost a year ago, maybe a year ago. Yeah. It's coming up on that right around there. And when I first got it, it was one of the earlier digital prints that they did. I was like, this looks amazing compared to some of the other CPRs I've seen. The clear coat was awesome. And now that it's been sitting here a year, I can like feel some insert edging. I can see the wood grain in it. And I'm not complaining. Like I just get that's the process. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, but that's why Ron doesn't want to clear that stuff right away because then that's going to eventually happen underneath his clear coat and you'll see it. So he likes to wait until they're all settled before he adds his stuff to it. Does he have a, does, so, anyway. does he have a website or is it, what's the best way to get in uh, touch with him? If you want to use him, he is very active on pin side. Yeah. He's got he's a thread on there. Yeah. 
And he does have a website. It's pinballplayfieldscruiseman.com. And it just has a menu and a literal full list of like, you click the list button and it shows you a list of everything he has. And if you click it, it takes you to a page just for that play field and has all the photos of it and stuff. So he's got quite the inventory of play fields. I've been to his compound. It's like, if you really enjoy play fields and play field art, it's one of the coolest places you can visit. Cause I can't imagine there's too many places that have that sort of collection of play fields uh, to see. I just picked up a, uh, the last time I was up there to pick up a play field from him, I brought back another one for a, a guy who lives near me. It was a new old stock prototype Dolly Parton play field that Ron Clerko did. And it was freaking just beautiful. Nice. Absolutely beautiful. So yeah, it is possible to, to get your play fields that are dimple free, but it is uh, time consuming and therefore it is expensive because time and money are correlated with one another. So if you want your pinball machines to be priced like Stern pinball machines are priced, which is a very fair in today's market, uh, the reality is they're going to be, you know, mass produced and done so quickly. And therefore you're going to sacrifice some of the quality. That's just that whole, do you want like good and expensive or, you know, cheap and fast? That's sort of what kind of, what kind of money are you dropping on a play field? Like what's a price range for a, I think for a, um, I think his clear code is like 500 or 550. That's not bad for the clear coat service. That's not bad. Well, it's on top of, you got to think you pay, you know, what's a CPR play field, 800, and then you're paying another five or five to six on top of that. And plus you got shipping in between there and it adds up quickly. It adds, it but, adds, you know, it adds games, up. But I mean, if it's a game, you know, you're going to keep and you want it to last forever. Yeah. To me, it's definitely worth it. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's interesting about fathom. Um, and knowing that classics are going to be made. It'll be interesting to see what that does to the value of base games because that's a thing like you could pick up I mean you I know what you st- sold your stargazer for but you if you could pick up a if you could pick up a centaur for 4000 bucks and do a full restoration on it for maybe 7 right I, you know what I mean like it's so I so as an example with my fathom that I got when I got that I got the game and the CPR playfield for two thousand dollars, which was a, I got a great deal. Now, how when was you know, that though? Three years ago, roughly. That's that's a really good deal, even then. Oh, it was a, it was an amazing deal when I got it. Like I was, I drove and as quick as I could to pick that thing up because yeah. I knew I was. A and good it deal. came with the playfield. It came with an alien poker, and I traded the alien poker for the Fathom playfield. Okay. So, 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 so wait. I, I, basically, to have the Fathom and a CPR playfield, I was in two thousand okay. dollars. Now, that being said, with the whole restoration and all the parts that I did and, like, doing the chrome trim and everything, I spent very close to what a Haggis pinball machine cost. Really? Okay. And that was starting with a $2,000 base game, essentially. Which is, so which like, is insane. Like, you could, like, a Fathom now, like, a base yeah. game tha- Fathom, you're looking at, like, five, five to six. K. Yeah, five to six. Yeah. So that's just when people, when I saw the Haggis pricing, like, yes, it is high for what you're getting. But at the same time, like I know what it's going to cost to redo a fathom. And that again, I added chrome everything. Like I went all out on that game. Like it's new, you know, new play field, bag glass was original, the cabinet was repainted, et cetera. But like 
yeah like i it adds up very quickly uh people don't realize like with the stargazer as you mentioned uh i did sell it there's a thread on pin side if you want to get the details go look at that but uh anyway it i didn't think it would sell it sold and more people wanted it and actually another guy's trying to hire me right now to build him one so like when i built that that one i started with a very cheap base game that i just happened to have picked up and I collected parts over years. I know we've been talking about it on the show for years. Yeah. Like, oh, I got this part for the game, and eventually I'll build it. Well, quarantine happened, and I did. But uh, anyway, this guy wants me to build it, so I started, like, throwing together an actual spreadsheet with all the parts I would need and stuff to show him. And, I mean, without a base game and, like, definitely not all the parts yet, I'm already at $4,000 in parts. Yeah. So I'm trying to show the guy like this. If you want it, like I'll do it. But this is what you know you're looking at. So anyway, that's just one of those things to keep in mind. Like I totally get. Yes, pinball prices are ridiculous right now. But when you start looking at what it costs to tool up and manufacture a classic on a relatively small run, realistically, uh, it's it's not going to be cheap. I think it'll be interesting to see what it does to the pricing of those classic games because it seems like it would it seems like it would drive down the base game price. Because if you're trying to sell a base game, but look, if you're trying to sell a base game Fathom at 5,000 bucks, that somebody then has to throw in another 4,000 bucks to get to a brand, like a new in box game, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to, yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I think people will just buy those new at that point. Right. Yeah. So you have to start, you have to start working back. If it plays the same. If it, if it plays the same. It's like, Yeah. That's that's what it's all going to come down to in the mystery. And again, this is like the first one, kind of an experiment. But I just I still I cannot imagine that Stern didn't see that announcement and see how many they sell. And it isn't like, well, start to get in Stargazer and see which play field's ready because we're making them. <laughs> you think they'll happen? I, yeah, let's see how well Fathom does. I mean, I don't know. I love the Beatles, which is essentially a modified Sea Witch. Yeah. Uh, if it was pro pricing, as I've stated before, I would buy one. I, I think it was awesome. Um, when it comes to Sea Witch, the Beatles versus the original, they improved the geometry and made it a better game. Um, so that helped with something like Stargazer. I think Stargazer actually already has really good geometry, and I don't think they'd have to change as much. Yeah. And I think part of the appeal of Stargazer, as long as well as like with Fathom, is in the original artwork. Like they're beautiful packages. Yeah. Um, same with Sea Witch. I think that game is a beautiful art package they could sell. Now, if they redid Quicksilver. That's an ugly ass game. That is a lot of green. That is just a green ass game. And I could see why you would maybe modify the art on that one a little bit. But at the same time, like it's again, a great geometric game and a great shooter and it already has good rules. So you don't really need to do a ton to change. And those are selling for crazy high prices right now too, to where like people are building those. There's several documented threads right now of people building them. Well, I mean, if you, if you could like, if they could get like a base, Okay, so they've got to have a cabinet, right? It's got to have like the classic cabinet. I mean, I think I don't even think you just throw it in a modern cabinet. No, you got to no, no, no. I would want I would want like I would want it to be a reproduction. You you want it to look original? Gotcha. I think. I mean, I think that if you're gonna buy a game like a classic, then you want the classic look. But I think about like Woe Nelly and I think about like such a small run like on a game like that, the price point that they were able to sell that at. There's no reason why they couldn't do if they were like, hey, we're going to do five classic titles. We're going to limit it to 200 
200 oh, they do an LE. They would sell out. So I they mean, would look sell what they, out just so fast. they just sold 750 Mandalorians, which we're, we're going to talk about, guys. We're aware of the new game was just announced yeah. uh, uh, before it was ever publicly announced. So I'm telling you, they do, they're going to sell a hell of a lot more than 200 of you know Stargazer, Quicksilver, whatever. But I'm just thinking, like, what what's a what's a number for them? Because they've done small run. Right, so they've done well. Yeah, Valley. they've done small. They've run. done like, small they've run, done so that. they can they do did that. the heavy metal. But if they knew, if they knew yeah. that, if they knew that they could sell a thousand of each of those titles, it's like okay, we need to have. It, it would it would make sense for them to have the tooling tool or, up for a five thousand cabinet. Right? So yeah, that. yeah. It would be worth. it. I get what you're saying. And if they yeah. could all use the same cabinet as well, it's like then it's just. I mean, even if they did, they did the original artwork as a decal. Which would be kind of lame, but but they would. But yeah. they would. I mean, you would. Yeah, it would just make sense. Now, what is Haggis doing? Is Haggis are they stenciling or is it a decal? <sighs> I I don't know. I should I pay it's. I know it's like reflective on the Mermaid Edition. It's some sort of reflective paint. I think it's like a high end automotive reflective paint. Right. They shared the video of yeah. it. So I assume that has to be paint then. But I to me that just seems dumb because like when was the last time they made a game that was painted like late 80s i almost feel like you have to i feel like you have to do a stencil cabinet though yeah i mean that's part of what makes them classics and that's part of what makes restored machines stand out so much is when you see those like vibrant cabinet colors and you can literally fill feel the paint layers on them and yeah, I, I don't know. It depends. Like I said, if you tell me you're releasing Stern, releasing a brand new Stargazer with a decaled cabinet, but with modern parts for pro pricing, you know, fifty whatever hundred. Yeah, I'm fucking in. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I know what it's going to cost to try to build one, and plus the time and effort and pain in the assness of it. So, like, yeah, I'd be in real quick. <laughs> All right. So speaking of speaking of new games, um. I have a new game, and there's a new game that's been announced. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Uh, you, first. you broke up real quick. Because I'm, I'm curious to get your impression. Oh, Avengers. Um, I picked up an Avengers uh, premium. I went premium, which I feel kind of icky about, but that's just where we are. <laughs> As did I. It's, it's, it's really interesting, like... Was it like, did we both feel that we were missing out on stuff from Keith's first two games that we were finally like, fuck it, I'm getting a premium? Or was there something specific to Avengers that was so cool that we had to upgrade? I don't, I d- honestly, I don't know. I think that on, I mean, I, I don't really know enough about the pro to know what's missing. Um, and I heard, I heard really. Well, the Captain, the Captain the Marvel, Marvel Ram. Um, but. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, does yours have the Captain Marvel ramp fix on it? It does. It has like the little plastic thing on the left side. Yeah, the little three D printed yeah. thing. Yeah, same here. So I and I yeah, I, that's like a must have. I bought mod. it like that. So I I bought my game from some friends of mine who they'd bought it new in box. They had it. Um, like he did a bunch of fixes to it or whatever. Like. You know, he put the cliffies on it. He put the dialing it in, that sort of thing. He dialed it in. And um, I went over to their house. Like, this is, this was my first pandemic pinball excursion. I went over to my friend's house and they had set up some pinball machines in a shed. And at this point, 
I think at this point I had been vaccinated. I had had my second dose and I had, I was a week into my second dose. I was almost like whatever, 95%. Um, and so I went over there and they, so they, they had a couple games in a shed and then they, if you went inside, you wore a mask. So they had Avengers and I went in, I think I joked with them before about buying it. And I went in, I played it. Um, it was, it was really, it was, it was really weird. Like I was playing with other people for the first time in a long time. So I was just like kind of freaked out, but, um, yeah, I played Avengers and I, I did not understand it at all. I was super hyped about it and I was, but I, I was, yeah, but I was super hyped about it. And I told him, I was like, look, you know, when you guys are, you know, I was kind of joking. I was like, when you guys are ready to sell, let me know. And then you were like, I'm rolling in this Reese Rails dough. Just let me know when it's time to hand you the cash. I I had sold, I had sold my roller games a while back. I don't know why I sold roller games because I was out of prepping for Avengers. No, I sold, (laughs) no, I sold, no, I, you know what? I, I moved. I don't know what happened. I sold, I needed room when I got Jurassic park. So I moved roller games back into my shop and then I sold that. So I had the money for that. And then, um, oh yeah, then you sold the good old. I Ghostbusters. sold Ghostbusters finally. <laughs> I know Tommy's like fucking finally. <laughs> hey, we've only been doing the show for five uh, years, and only four of it were you saying you were maybe. How long we've we been doing the show? I don't, I don't anyway, know. you've been saying you were gonna sell it for like a so lot. I finally, I finally sold Ghostbusters. Did they take the spare cabinet? They did take the spare cabinet. Do you think they'll swap it, or are we gonna see that on like Facebook Marketplace? Uh, I don't know. I think that I think that they will swap it. The the cabinet I had, my original cabinet, was like it was split. Like it was definitely. Oh yeah, I saw the split. Yeah. It was it was intense. Um, it was split. It was split, and I will say like Stern like Stern sent me a new cabinet. And I really appreciate it. Like they were great with that. Um, but yeah, I went with the cabinet. I got like I got my asking price because frankly the market's insane right now. So, dude, you saw my stargazer. I yeah, yeah I still can't. The market it. is nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And so what? Like we're 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 morons for sitting on our game. Totally, because they'll sell for about whatever you. Post yeah, totally. Right um, so I I did see like what. So it was interesting. So I I posted I posted my Ghostbusters for sale, and, but I didn't do like a pin side ad. Like I was just like, hey, because there's like a a regional pin side thread. And I was like, Hey, I've got a ghostbusters. And I had somebody who reached out and they wanted me to, they asked me to drive it to their house. And then they were going to give me a deposit. If I, it was just a, it was a weird kind of situation. Like I had to drive it to their house and then there was, you know, then at that point they might decide that they don't want it, but I could keep the deposit. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Like I was (laughs) like, I, I just don't have time to do that. Um, and so then I was like, I can't remember what it was. Oh, oh. so my friend was like, he reached out like a week later, or maybe it was two weeks later. He's like, hey, we're ready to sell Avengers. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> like, 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 they had made it seem like, hey, it's going to be a while. You know, we're, yeah, well, we'll you're, you're first in line, but we were, we're going to hold on to it for a while. And then it was like, boom, it's available. So I was like, all right, look, I want it, but I have to list Ghostbusters. And so I listed Ghostbusters for, for 5700 which is crazy to me. I, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, 
and I had like a bunch of emails. And then finally, like this guy was just like, I want it. He lived close, which was great. Like there was no shipping involved. And he came over, he picked it up and he drove away with it. And then that night I went and I picked up an Avengers. It's a nice day, man. It's a good day when you can get rid of a game and bring the game yeah, in too. It was it was it was pretty good. Um so Avengers. So here's my take on Avengers. My initial reaction to Avengers when I put Wait, before you share okay. this. So we're in that uh, we're in a group Discord and you described this earlier today. Oh. And two two of the people in the group reached out to me later and were like Taylor hit the nail on the head with his description of Avengers. So I, okay. I hope you describe it similarly uh, as to how you did it. But go ahead. I should just go back and read what I wrote there. It, it's okay. I'll pull it up and I'll, I'll read your okay. if I need to. But yeah, so, I just thought it was funny that like other people were like, that's exactly it. So, okay. So when I, when I played Avengers at my friend's house, I had a, a good friend of mine. I, I mean, I have to say like, it was, it was really great playing with people. Like it was really, really good playing with people. And, um, I had, so one of my, one of my good friends, Dave was trying to explain to me like what, what to do. Like he was trying to explain to me the rules and I am, I am, I'm a Keith Elwin. I I have all of Keith Elwin's games now. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, but I am not a person who watches videos to, to learn the rules on games because I want to learn the rules as I'm playing the game. As I'm playing it at my friend's house, my friend Dave is trying to explain to me like certain shit. And I'm like, all right, like I'm, I'm masked up. I'm like, this is the first time I play with people. I can't, I can't focus at all. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And then, um, so I get it home and I'm playing it. I'm playing it at my house and I, I'm a grinder. Like I will play for a really long time. And I'm, I, I, I consider myself a relatively intelligent person. Um, And the rules are so convoluted that I am, I'm, I'm having a really, I'm having a really tough time figuring out what I should be doing. Um, I am figuring it out, uh, but I'm still struggling with a lot of the aspects of the rules that there's just it doesn't it's not a very clear game on as to what you're supposed to do. Um, I think that one of the problems that I have with it now, people who've played Avengers, I mean, and I've reached out to people, I've reached out to several people, and we've just chatted about because I I just didn't understand the fundamentals of the gem stuff, and. I did have some people like uh, chat with Chris Palace a little bit about it because he was he was excited when he saw that I got one. So he's like, you know, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? And you know, I was like, dude, I just do not understand this game. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Um, I I love the flow of the game. I think the flow is amazing. Like, you can just combo all day. It's like a really open play field, but you still, but it's still because of the wireforms, the way the wireforms work on the play field, it doesn't feel like it's sparse. Um, now it feels like there's a ton, to, like a ton of shots. In the it, game. There's a there's a ton of shots in the game, and like once you get like the Hawkeye, the ramp return shot, like that feels so good. Like just comboing and also like learning, 
like there's certain combos you can do that will extend your comboing, right? So like if you hit the Marvel ramp, it'll open up your center shot again, which is an easier shot. So you hit the Black Widow shot and then all of a sudden it's like you can hit Black Panther. So it's like you start figuring this stuff out. But there's so there there are times where there's so much stuff going on that I absolutely cannot follow what I'm supposed to be shooting. Um and especially like if I'm in a gem quest, I can't remember. I was playing today and I don't know what gem it was. It's the red gem where it's like Hulk, the Hulk. That's the power, power the gem. The power yeah. gem. I'm playing the power gem. I don't know what that one does either. I'm in like, so <laughs> I, I'm like, I've got two, two portal locks, which you earn by doing combos. And that allows you to like, you start your gem quest. Now this is the shit I figured out and learn from people helping me and just playing. But, you know, like your portal locks are multipliers because they add more balls into play. So like TNA, the more balls you have in play, the the higher multiplier is for the multiball. So, you know, you get your portal locks, you start a quest, and then you're playing it, and then you can bring in a multiball. So you can bring in Thor multiball or you can bring an Iron Man multiball. But... At that point, when you have like when you stack multi balls and you've got portal locks and all the shit, like there is, it's really really difficult to follow what is actually happening as far as like your objectives, right? So like you might have a final blow lit and you don't know it. Like the game doesn't give, I in my opinion, the game doesn't give you enough information or enough fanfare or enough direction when you're in like these really intense multi-balls to really know what to shoot for. And then you just end up flailing. Right. So my, my tip when, so I, I'm doing what you describe is I almost always try to get portal Mm -hmm. locks before I start a mode or a gem mode. And I like to have a multi-ball ready to bring in. Um, I personally ignore my multi-ball jackpots. Oh yeah. And I I focus like solely on the colored gem shots. So like if I'm in the power gem, the red mode, I am just looking for red shots during that multi-ball and I'm using the hell out of my ball save and letting shit drain to hit my red shots. You know, so that that's what I do. I do agree that it would be nice if there was like a very powerful call out, like when you got to that final blow, that's like final blow, finish them or something like that. So that way, you know, like, okay, this red shot here is fucking top priority right now. And then what I think does confuse you and and me just in general on the game uh, is say you do hit that final blow while you are still in multi-ball via your portal locks or you've brought in Thor Iron Man. You then go into like a victory lapse mode of uh, a victory lapse time, essentially, of that mode. And there's sometimes still shots lit that color then. And that's where I'm like, I don't know if I've actually beat this or not because you can't collect the gem till you drain back down to one ball. Right, 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 right. So that's what fucking throws you off. It needs to, like, there needs to be a call out, a light show of something telling you, like, this son of a bitch is dead. You killed me. And and I think, I think now that, now that you're talking about it, like, I think the comment that I made on our Discord was that, you know, like, I I really like Keith Elwin's games. I think the flow, the geometry of the, the play field is amazing. There's just not enough fanfare. Like it's the his his games need more emotion. Like, um, like callouts. Like 
like Tommy was saying, like call outs where it's like, I want to get like pumped by the call outs. Like I want like uh, the gamma ray, which is like, I, I can never hit that thing. I don't know what it is about that left orbit, but like, oh, when that, but you'll, you'll hit it fine if it's not lit for. Gamma oh yeah. Ray. Yeah. But when it's hit for gamma ray, like I can, I like choke on that shot all the time. Like that's a really cool, like that's a really cool effect. Like it, it like builds tension. But I think that that's one of the things like, I think that's one of the things that Keith's games are missing. And I feel like I've, I've played a lot of Keith Elwin pinball and I, I, agree. yeah, I think you've probably played his games more than, he <laughs> I don't know about that, but oh, I, I do. played a lot <laughs> of, I played a lot of his games. And, and like I said, like, I think the geometry is amazing. Um, I think the, I think the rules in general, like I will figure out Avengers. Like right now it's like, I have a lot of, there's a lot of confusion as far as when you have a gem and like how you move it around and like the best way to use it. Like that's really confusing to me. And it's, it's confusing. It's confusing and it's not intuitive to me as to what you're supposed to like what they're doing. But yeah, I think the big thing, I think it just needs more fanfare. I think like when you collect, like when you earn a gem and it like, so you earn a gem, you collect it on the right ramp and it drops it down to the left flipper, like the upper left flipper, like, and then it kind of, and then it just kind of releases it back into play. You know, it's like, dude, I just collected a gem. Like that seems like it should be like a nice, like, I don't know. It just seems like there should be more to it, like a really good call out. Like I want like big, loud call outs that make me feel like I'm earning stuff, you know, or like that idea of like final blow, you know, like direct the player with call outs. So another thing I, I noticed yesterday, cause Tommy, cause I think after we talked about recording, I started, I like played a couple games to really think about like what I want to say about the game. And the other thing, another thing that I would like to see them do is what, what I found the timing of the information they give you on the screen and then when the ball goes back into play seems kind of off. Like it will and I and I'm thinking about this like from like if you're if you're stepping up to this game on location and you step up and you start a quest and it gives you like it gives you information as to what you're supposed to do, but it already puts the ball into play before it does that. Like they're they need to figure that out. Like you need to give the player information like that while you have the ball stalled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, like you started you started Space Jam, you need to shoot these shots. Yeah, like make it really clear. Release. Like do a call out where yeah. it's like Space Jam, you know, yeah, like what is Space Space Jam is um is that like the it's purple? It's center, center, center ramp, ramp, right ramp, right left orbit, orbit, left orbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like I was pl- I was playing that today and I got totally confused because I thought I, I was in a I was in a multi ball and I was just crushing it. Like I was just making all these shots. And then I came out of the multi ball and I hadn't like done any damage to the villain. Like you I, hadn't hit the you hadn't hit the left orbit. I, I had I literally the played orbit. a game earlier today <laughs> and same thing. Cause in that in in multi ball, that left orbit shot, like you really have to aim at in a multi ball, it's, it's almost impossible. So to hit. tough, yeah. Which is cool. I and another thing that I love about Avengers is that even though the the back ramps are are relatively 
clean shots. Like they're not terribly hard to make. They're not terribly easy. Like I think like no, the steepness makes adds the difficulty. Yeah, like they're wide enough that you're not gonna not hit the shot. Yeah. But do you hit it accurately enough with enough strength to actually like complete the shot is two different things. And that's and I think like Jurassic Park and Iron Maiden, I think that those ramps are really easy to make if you hit them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're just like like Jurassic Park. Like I will make I will make that ramp shot on Jurassic Park, the left ramp, sometimes where I'm like, I don't even know how it made it up there. Like it just didn't seem like there was enough velocity to get the ball up the ramp. And all of a sudden it's coming back. I'm like all right. It does seem like it crawls up that ramp in a unique way. Right. Like, right. Yeah. I, I know it's exactly like what you're gravity. saying. It's like defying gravity. So I like the mm-hmm. I like the fact even the Marvel ramp. Like I can hit the Marvel ramp, but I I really like the fact like because it it's it's a relatively sparse play field, but it's like those yeah those ramp shots are just like so satisfying because they're just not they're not gimmies, you know. Um, I think Keith does a really good job specifically on Avengers, but kind of in general of using vertical space. Yeah. Um, because I mean, Jurassic park, you have your two, whatever you want to call them, but the tower ramp and the helipad, like they're, they're like turnaround ramps. Mm-hmm. The ball goes up and turns around back at you. And Avengers, you, you have your, your tower, you have Marvel, uh, you have the, the gem ramp, whatever it is, the fat boy one, like his stuff seems to send the ball upward and it creates more space and more shots it feels like on the yeah. play field than that are actually there so you can have a game that looks sparse but meanwhile your ball like i feel like my ball travels more around an avengers play field than it will on most pinball machines yeah i i, I mean i think the biggest thing for avengers for me is i still haven't found the points but i'm starting to find the combos and like i said like the ability to the ability to to do endless combos is just so satisfying. Like, so what I think is going to be like, I'm just going off of what I know of you and how much you play games. I think you will figure out more and more without watching the videos. I cheated. Uh, Raymond Davidson put out the videos that I've sent you multiple times that you refuse to watch (laughs) that explain gems. Yeah. And they're each videos, like I think 10 to 15 minutes and each one explains two gems. But that made me understand so much more of what I was doing. But like you were saying, it also opens the door to a ton of strategy on where you place the gems. And I don't think anyone has discovered like one secret route yet of like, this is the optimal placement. Because if you are a person who is really good at hitting certain shots, you're going to want to put a certain gem there, that sort of thing. Um, And the fact that like your soul gem collects the a percentage of value of the mode. So you still want to be playing the mode with two or three ball multi-ball going for the gemstones to increase the scoring there. Cause then your soul gem shot is worth more. Like there's a ton of strategy that will make this game. I think have a very long replay factor yeah. or replayability in a collection because of all the strategy and the different approaches you can take to it with manipulating the gems on which gems do you collect even because I've only had one game where I collected all the gems. Um, I've gotten four or five a few times, but I mean, most games you're only getting a couple gems, yeah. like just realistically, like they're not easy modes to beat. So but doesn't it seem, it I, seems very like, it seems that the gems are the main goal or is the main goal to collect the Avengers in your opinion? Duh, I, that's what I think makes Keith's games so great. Like on yeah. 
Maiden, you're always building towards Cyborg because everything you shoot is collecting and building something. Which is like the Avengers, so look, right? So it's like you're collecting your exactly. characters. Yes. It's everything you're shooting, you're still collecting and building towards something. Yep. And that's why I think his games end up so balanced as in like whatever you shoot, you are building towards something in the game. Um, it's just like Jurassic honestly, Park. Like, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, he does just a, it's it's the brain of a world champion competitive pinball player putting together a rule set that is going to make, I think, himself interested. Um, I will say I, I think there is a lot to, you know, and again, it depends on what you're trying to get to in the game. Are you trying to get to the wizard mode or are you just trying to put up a huge score? But to me, getting time gem and reality gem have become my priorities. I put time gem on the center ramp. I put reality on the Captain Marvel shot. And then after that, I'm starting multi balls and I'm beating the shit out of the drop targets to try to get super modes going. But so, so if you put a gem, like you put the time gem on the center ramp, yeah. that extends your mode times, right? So like every, is it every, well, every time I shoot that ramp, I'm adding three or five seconds or whatever it is to my time. And, bang. and it shows that up at the top of the screen. Yes. So again, that's really hard to know without like if, if Raymond had not explained that in a, a video, I would not have picked that up very quickly because it, when you shoot it, it doesn't say five seconds added or anything it like that. It just shows it at the top. To like it. you have to look at yes. it. Now, so on the, on the mind gem, the mind gem is the one where you can use the action button to choose a shot, just, right? Yes. So one of the things I don't understand about that is, so on the screen, it shows like it has a count. Like it'll show like in that gem, it'll show three, right? Mm-hmm. Is that that's is how that many mean, presses you have? That's how many because I've I have played the game where I've had like three shots, but there's no, it's not allowing me to use that like three times. Like I don't understand. Like if I if I'm in um, space gem mode, right? I, so the space gem, I have no idea. Oh, in that mode, yeah. You like mean? so in the space gem, like if I want to avoid so, the Captain Marvel ramp. I'll hit the button. Well, here's the okay. The trick is, I think this the blue right, the mind gem. Yeah. I think, and I'm, I'm probably wrong because again, I you have literally probably played Avengers more than me, <laughs> having had it for a week now, <laughs> two weeks. Like I'm not joking. I I haven't played it that much, um, but I think you are only spotted the shot where the blue light is. What? So I think you would have to shoot your move gems target and move the gem to another shot or if you have the space gem i think the space gem allows you to move gems so i, I like there's some sort of See, distinction within that <laughs> that's the shit where i'm like and then and then like when it's there's some like at some point it'll ask you if you want to move your gem or no that's the if you shoot into the ant-man little what's the power up? kicker what's the power up gem power yeah up one gem. of the gems is like you power up the shot Oh, the red one is, is it powers up, it levels up your Avenger. Right. But so, but, yes. but so once you level up that Avenger, that is basically not doing anything. Like if you completely like f- well, do full power, it, it keeps them at that level. But then you want to move it. That's the advantage. But it keeps them at that level throughout the rest of the game because those reset every ball. As long as that gem's there. Yeah. So when you drain, they would still be on level two. So like, Say you put that on Black Panther, which is also your combo jackpot collection shot, yeah. and he's at level two, it multiplies that value. Oh, okay. So, Jesus like, Christ. yeah, like, I, that's what I'm saying. There's a ton of depth into how you use and manipulate the gems, which is 
to me, I'm, I can already tell you, I'm never going to learn all of that. Like that's not the way my brain approaches pinball, but I think it's really cool that it's there for those players that do like, if you saw the Carl D'Angelo thing where he completes soul gem and like two flips, it's because he figured out what gems to collect, where to place them all before he starts what? the soul gem. Mode. Two flips. He's got, there's a video tutorial out there of how he does it. It's amazing. Yeah. But it's all because he he intentionally, and that's the other thing that I think is really cool on Avengers is based on what you're going for, Keith designed a rule set that makes you want to avoid shots. Like I am intentionally trying not to spin my disc sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Because I don't want to go into a gem mode before I build up my combos. Right. You've got so it. You want your portal locks. These combo yeah, yeah. shots, but not hit my my disc. Yes. Um, if I have two locks, I don't want to start my Iron Man multi ball before I start my gem right. quest. Like. I think it's very unique the way he's designed this rules where like, oh yeah, you want to shoot everything, but not all the time. Yeah. Like I want to shoot these things here, there and now, you know, but not at this moment. I, again, I think, you know, we're obviously, we're fanboys of Keith. Let's just be honest about it. And we overlook if there are flaws, I haven't found them, but I, I I'd say Avengers is still his least popular of his games that he's released from a, a general consensus standpoint. Uh, um, but I think it's going to continue to gain popularity over time. I think it's his like most popular, like current theme as far as that goes. But like, I just don't think it's gotten quite the, the reception that uh, Jurassic park and iron maiden did immediately. I, but I think in the long run, it's going to be like the highest regarded game. I think, I think the, the comboing in that game is really, really good. Oh yeah, the layout's just amazing. Yeah, the like, layout's amazing. Absolutely, and the shots, and the fact that the combos are so important to getting you rewards. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so satisfying and hit it. Yeah, like what? But it is. I mean, the the geometry on it is tough because that upper flipper, like to hit that return ramp. I guess is that the Hawkeye ramp? Because there's a Hawkeye yeah. target and then a Hawkeye ramp. I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, I had a game where I I was like I was on that thing. Like I was just nailing it every time, and it's so satisfying. Have, have you gotten to like the hard Hawkeye setting where the ball doesn't drop like with coordination of the lights? Yes. Oh man, does that fuck with your brain? Oh or yeah, what? I don't even. I don't. <laughs> that's the Hawkeye. Yeah, that the Hawkeye challenges because you know the I need to mess around with the flippers because the delay between the lower flipper and the upper flipper is enough that it like totally throws me off. Like it works if it's if I'm playing on the fly. Like if it's coming off of a combo, like I can hit it. But if it's coming off of the tower, like I just like my timing is just total garbage. I, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I will I will study up. I will I will study up by playing, and then I will report back and figure out if I mean like my high score right now is is like maybe. I haven't broken 500 million. Yeah. You gotta, gotta put in some time studying. Man. I know you'll get there. All right. Well, let's talk. Um, um, do you, yeah. do you miss ghostbusters before we get out of that? I don't, I, okay. Just cause you don't sell stuff very often. I That's don't sell stuff very often. And the only reason I, I mean, my daughter and I were playing ghostbusters together, like during the pandemic. So I was still kind of torn by selling it, but that was the one that had to go. Um, I still think like the art package on that game is might be my favorite one of my favorite art packages ever. I think Zombietti, I mean, just I don't know. He just 
crushed it. Yeah, I can't argue with so that. So good. That's a great looking game. Um, but at the same time, um, I wasn't playing it, you know, to be honest. I wasn't playing it. And it's like one of those things where it was just like, what, what game can I, what game can I sell and get enough money out of it that I can pick up another game? Yep. I understand the process of that. So I get it. Um, now the question is, there's a new game that's been announced, teased, trailered, talked about, speculated about. I mean, it's going to be, you're going to see it on location in like two weeks. Two weeks time, Mandalorian. <laughs> um, Mandalorian. I, I am. Um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, so. What Have you seen the show? I have I have watched the show. I I was a I was a fan of Mandalorian. I watched both seasons. I was excited when the second season came out. So that's my background on that. Same here. And this is like, this is one of the first Star Wars things that I have like genuinely been like, oh, I really like this. Like I've seen the Star Wars movies. I think they're okay, but like by no means would I be like, oh, I'm a, a hardcore Star Wars fan. Uh, but the Mandalorian show, like, genuinely have really enjoyed. Um, it makes it worthwhile having Disney to me. That's like one of the few things that I've watched on there. Not that there isn't a ton of good stuff. It's just not a streaming service. I use a ton, but the Mandalorian like sucked me into Disney plus. Yeah, I think enough to where I started watching that new show that they just released called the bad batch. If you like animation at all, it's oh, is it good anyway. Yeah. It just, they've only had two episodes so far, but it picks up like right after the execution of order 66 in like the star Wars saga. But anyway, yeah, I I enjoy the show. Um, now, now, did, did you love did you love the show? Um, not the way I love Stranger Things, okay. which I, uh, you know, obviously when there's rumors and it genuinely was really excited to see the unveil this week because it's it's just been a weird fucking year. So when new games get announced, oh, yeah. it feels a little extra special, yeah. um, especially with this one being at like, again, we're not out of the pandemic. We realize it's not over, especially not globally. Yeah. But more and more people are vaccinated. More and more things are opening back up. And it's like, this feels like the first title where it is. I mean, it is. We are, Stern had their announcements the other day. And they had, like, the meeting with the Stern Army and stuff that night, which I was in on. Um, and it's going to be, like, the first game that's going to release and have launch parties scheduled. They just sent out an email today that they're going to do launch parties with the first dates being Memorial Day weekend for Stranger Things and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because those games have not had launch parties still, and they were released a year ago. Wow. So after that, there'll be Mandalorian ones. But this is like the first title that's going to release and have sort of a normal schedule. But that was one of the things I've talked about with people is I really do like the Mandalorian. I watch it. But I wouldn't say I love it. Yeah. I, I have a Mandalorian shirt, <laughs> and that's it. I got it because it was kind of a cool shirt. Um, I watched every episode when they came out. I enjoyed it. But, like, with Stranger Things, I have fucking lunchboxes <laughs> and T-shirts and memorabilia and, like, posters. And shoes, and it's, right? It's shoes, shoes, yes. And I'm still looking for the other shoes that I didn't get when they launched on eBay, and I can't find the right goddamn size. <laughs> and, like, I fucking love Stranger Things. So that's why when that game wasn't what I had envisioned of it yeah. or what I thought it could be or it didn't include content from all three seasons, which I'm still fucking pissed about because <laughs> the Battle of Starcourt Mall could have been the coolest fucking wizard mode ever. That's what it, it, it's a lot of personal disappointment yeah. and not a knock on like, obviously it's a, a riff on the attack from Mars layout, which has never been a popular layout with me, but it's a really popular game. I get why they did it. And I get why people like it. 
with Mandalorian, I don't have that sort of passion for the series. Yeah. So I was like, when I, whatever was going to come out, I didn't have a thought in my brain. Like I have sat down and thought out of what modes and shots should be in a Stranger Things pinball machine. Like I have a Google document before Stern ever made this on how I wanted to recode a classic layout into a Stranger Things pinball machine. I don't have any of that with Mandalorian. Mandalorian is like something I, I veg out on. I'm cool with whenever it comes out. Like I see the news and I'm following it. It's not like Stranger Things where like I'm Googling on a regular basis. When is season four going to be on Netflix? Yeah. Like, you know, that sort of thing. So my expectations were not nearly as high um, for Mandalorian. That being said, I think it looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I, I, I was, I'm coming from the same place. I, I think that the show was really... Like especially the the episodes that released during the pandemic, did they all release during the pandemic? No, no, the first ones first were ones like were the not. fall before it, um, fall winter before it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a you know the episodes were short. Like it was a really fun episodic television show, right? I mean, it was just like yeah, escapism at its best. I think the Star Wars theme was done well, where it's like you have you know, the good guys, the bad guys, and there's like some kind of levity to it. You know, it's like, like, like I think about like Chewbacca, right? Like Chewbacca is the character where it's just like, he's a, he's a Yeti, right? He's a Sasquatch basically. I mean, he's a big teddy bear. I mean, or like, you know, there like, there's always something about the Star Wars universe that is you know right now that there is someone listening to this that's a huge star wars fan that is pissed that we don't know what species chewbacca is because i have no idea (laughs) but i know it's not yet he's not a he's not a yeti but you know what i mean like there's a certain like like (laughs) oh i know baby yoda right like baby yoda (laughs) grogu whatever like i mean like for everything that's happening in mandalorian like all the seriousness of it like it's a basically a spaghetti western happening in the star wars universe you still have like this little fucking muppet Right. And, and uh, Taylor, for those of us that aren't uh, five decades old, could you explain a spaghetti Western? Because uh, I've heard that term tossed around. I'm, I'm being sincere yeah. here. Like, I've heard that term, but I don't actually know what that so is. Is that like spaghetti a spaghetti Westerns were like Clint Eastwood, like good, the bad and the ugly kind of stuff? Because um, I can't remember the de- director's name. Um, oh, shit. Um, oh, God. I can't believe I can't remember the directors. So basically I'm picturing like, what is it? John Wayne, the Duke, right? Like, is that spaghetti? Western no, 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 stuff? no. So, so basically I, th- I, I might be wrong about this, but I think that the spaghetti Westerns were a series of Westerns that were filmed in Italy. And so like all the, all the, Oh, so, okay. Yeah. And the, that makes and the sense director now. was Italian. And so all the extras were all the like actors or extras were Italian. So like you have all these people running around the, the wild West who are all like these real Italian looking, people um okay. but that's i i get I, it now that's like once upon a time in hollywood shit yeah but i i could be totally i could Leo be totally to wrong and like we will hear from people if well we probably won't you might hear from people um <laughs> but that that's what i always thought of, that's what i always think about so i basically think of like clint eastwood so like, i think about like clint eastwood okay. and you have you know this it they're very clint eastwood-esque western like the mandalorian is a western taking place in outer space um, yeah, that part I that part I kind of understood the comparison. I just wasn't sure on the exact like what that definition of that term yeah. was, but now I get it. Makes sense. But so so there is a levity, there is a levity to the show, which I think helps it. Um, and I think John Favreau did a really good job in just 
I think he, I think he did a good job with the star Wars world. Um, but I, yeah, it's, I'm not like, I'm not a fanboy of it, but I just, I like it. And yeah, so I, yeah, I felt the same, same way. I mean, like, like I've kind of been out of the loop on that stuff. Like I haven't, you know, I, I know the Mandalorian. Yeah. When I heard Mandalorian, I'm trying to think of when I even heard about it. And I was just like, there's like, Two weeks, two weeks before it was kind of unveiled, it yeah. leaked basically that that was going to be it. Like I was surprised. Most likely, I was really surprised by the theme because I just didn't see it as. I was surprised by the theme, but I also saw where it would make sense because it's. Oh, I mean, it's it's a huge license. It's Star Wars universe. It's it's like what I think Star Wars. Gary Stern said it on the little press thing. Like it's like a sixty-five billion dollar license, essentially. As far as like yeah. what the Star Wars universe is worth, and they I mean, and they have a rela- Disney World built an entire whole park of Star yeah. Wars shit. Like it's a huge thing. And I mean, obviously, Stern has a relationship with Disney. Um, and the art is they've they've done Star Wars pinball machines recently. So like you know, it's like yeah, they can get- I think that was what made it kind of shocking was the fact that the last Star Wars machine was out what three years ago. Yeah, but it's like it's definitely different. Like, I mean, I I feel like it's I don't I don't know. Oh, very much so. It's different. I agree. It just like to me, I call it the Mandalorian. I don't think it's like Star Wars, the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's like its own separate thing. But like realistically, we know it's taking place in the Star Wars universe. Um, but, but I, I guess it wasn't at the top of my mind of something that was going to get converted into a pinball machine because it isn't very often that Stern is like on the precipice of pop culture, yeah. I would say. Um, Stranger Things was, I, th- you know, very... That was kind of surprising when they did that because it was so recent. But don't you think that part of that is, like, just the the new group of people they have working there? I mean, they have, like, a lot of, like, younger talent at that company where it's, like... Like, when Led Zeppelin... I think that's part of it, and I think the, the main... The mainstream sort of revival of pinball itself has helped lead to it being more relevant again and therefore getting more current and relevant themes put onto a pinball machine. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get back to the point in the 90s, like Johnny Mnemonic era, where like movies were coming out and the game was coming out, where you know the pinball companies were getting early access to the film, the assets, and the content to, to put together the machines. Which I think would be amazing. Oh, I, I think but I, don't I think, think that we'll could ever happen. Get quite back to that. I think that could happen. If, really? Yeah, I think that if you. I mean, that would. I don't know why, but I just find that so cool because, I I, I think I said Johnny Mnemonic, Mnemonic specifically because I thought of the fact that George Gomez has the famous quote where like he put that game together. They were given the script. They saw shots. You know, they knew what they were putting in it. And then like he goes to the movie premiere and sees the movie and he's like, oh fuck, this movie's awful. Can we get out of this? <laughs> like. That's what I think. Like, I think that's why that's gone is because you have those moments where something does flop. And then Johnny Mnemonic's an awesome pinball machine. But because of that movie sucked, the game flopped too. You know what I mean? Same with The Shadow, that sort of thing. Like, those games weren't highly regarded in their time because of the movies. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's I don't what, know. That's why I don't think we'll see that. But I, I just, I don't know if it's me being nostalgic for the 90s. I think you could see it. I think that if, if Stern continues to have a relationship with Disney, right? I mean, yeah. Like I mean, doesn't Disney own Toy Story? Like who has that theme? Supposedly Jersey Jack is going to be doing Toy Story. Really? What, the one that pops into my mind is like I know we've already had an Avatar pinball machine, 
but they're filming the Avatar sequels. Uh, you think they would do another Avatar? I, I, I mean, those movies just made so much money, and with so much of those films have been, been in production for a long period of time, they're filming, like, multiple ones back-to-back. I could see how, like, since they're doing two or three movies, whatever it is, you could somehow squeak out another Avatar with... And it's just such a... It's, it's Disney... It's Disney owned, but it's Avatar is kind of its own thing, and it's just a massive money maker. Like I just wonder how it's weird because that movie made so much money, and like I've literally never watched it again since I saw it in theaters. I've, I've seen it, but it made so much money. I've seen it because I've seen it twice. I think I watched it like with my wife, and then I watched it when our kids were old enough. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird movie. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird movie, man. Um, I don't know about Avatar. Like, I don't know, like, if, like, there's a bad taste in Stern's mouth from Avatar, you know, like, like, which I find odd because I think Avatar is a good game, honestly. I enjoy Avatar. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it was, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was just wasn't really a, a bright time for pinball. Yeah, that fair. might, that might be it. I mean, that's, that game might be 10 years old now. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, maybe, yeah, I think that if they had a relation, if they have a relationship with Disney, to where they would like, I mean, you know, Disney would have to open up to Stern and work with them. But I think that, I mean, cause the person with that did the art Stern's history of leaks, who knows how well that's going to go. Yeah. But they did, they <laughs> did well on Mandalorian. I mean, the fact that they were, oh, they able, did a great to, job. They were able to keep that tight. I mean, the artwork, it was literally within like nothing leaked till within 24 hours of the announcement. And that was one photo of the Ellie that we, everyone saw. And they, and they work um, with an artist who's a Disney artist, right? Yeah, it's Randy Martinez. I want to make sure we got his yeah. name in here and correct because he um, he obviously wasn't used on the original release of the Star Wars pinball machine a few years ago, right. but then he got to do a comic version of it. Um, but what he I heard him basically say like he basically had to take what was already there and make it look like a comic. So the the layouts are super identical. You know, one's just Photoshop art style and one of them's hand-drawn style this one he got to like kind of design himself yeah. to go with the layout and i think it looks great like i i really like it i think all of i mean the play fields are <clears throat> very similar between the models if not identical i'm just browsing but the cabinets are all very different and i think they all look great um i mean stern's been on a, a pretty awesome streak of artwork you know i think ever since zombie yeti and dirty donnie kind of came in it really upped and changed how things were done and for the better can't really complain about it at all no, i think that i think there are i think they've done well with the art i mean they've had some like you know game of thrones maybe was not great but um yeah uh i was a little surprised that johnny crap didn't get it i i actually did reach out to him it was like when i heard the rumor of mandalorian because he is a big Mandalorian fan. Um, I reached out about a, a, a photo or a painting that he posted of uh, the Mandalorian with Grogu <laughs> that he had posted was still for sale on his website. And it was a little bigger than I realized and more expensive than I thought it would be. Cause I didn't think it was that large just looking at a Instagram yeah. photo, but uh, yeah, it was very cool. He clearly likes and appreciates the series. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I really like his style. And so I was I like, I, I did. I asked him. It's not something I normally do, but I did ask him if he had worked on a game, and he was like, "Nope." Um, like I totally could have seen him doing the same thing, but I do think that the art packages are all across the board 
look pretty good. I think the LE package is really cool. The mirroring backglass. I mean, I want to see that in person, but, um, yeah, so I mirrored back glasses are just the shit. Yeah. Like that's just a fact. It's, they just, they make it stand out. And I do like that the LE is like, again, I'm not going to be buying an LE of this specifically. And really, you know, if they release a James Bond, that's something that I'd probably consider. But for the most part, I'm not going to be an LE buyer on anything. But the fact that this LE looks so different from the premium and pros oh, yeah. to where like you're not mistaking it. Like it is definitely different. It's over Just the top. Everything about it. It's over the top. Yeah. Sure. It's if you're going to pay for those LE prices and stuff, you you should be getting something like that, in my opinion. Uh, I think they knocked that out of the park. It's I'm looking at the pictures right now and it's, it's fucking sharp. So, I mean, so like a a lot of what we can talk about is just speculation because we haven't seen like a real game played. I I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what you saw. If you saw extra stuff, Uh, like with the the Stern Stern army thing, thing, we were asked not to take photos or record stuff, which I, I, I think for the most part people complied with. And if you didn't comply, it really didn't fucking matter because all they did was show you the videos that were already released that morning. Right. And had Gary Stern narrate them, um, so it it was not it was not helpful at all. In fact, it is. I think it's that being said, I think it's a really cool thing that Stern did it. I appreciate that they're looking into like new ways and new methods and adding things to game releases. Um, that being said, I get that Gary Stern's the president of your company and he's been around the industry forever and he knows his shit like about the industry. But when you're releasing a new game, like give us the artist, the designer, and the coder, because they have had the most hands-on time with the machine. Yeah. Like I don't care if Gary's been playing it for weeks in their test game area. Like those are the people that have intimate knowledge about the inner workings of the game, which is what a lot of us want once the game has been officially announced. Um, but don't you think that's pretty so again, much? Don't you think that's kind of like what Dead Flip now is when? when Jack does his stream of the reveal. Oh, I agree. And that's, and that's next Friday, the 21st. I think they're doing yeah. that. Um, which is, is again, awesome. I love that when Stern announces a game, you're going to see it basically within a week and be able to own it, you know, shortly thereafter, if you want, or most likely go play it on location, um, somewhere. Hopefully now are they doing the, the pro in, or the, pre- are they doing the pro in the premium or just the pro or, they're streaming the premium next okay, week. Good. That's what's been advertised. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they also have a pro there, but they've advertised that they'll be playing the okay. premium. Um, and I, I agree that's coming, like I said, very soon. But like, if you're calling, like, I don't know, I was really excited that they were doing the Stern Army meeting because realistically, like, I'm a Stern Army location for my location, and there's not a ton that we get out of doing that. Um, it's just one of those things you sign up for, and they send you some stuff here and there. Nothing too crazy, but like this sounded like okay, this could be like the first really cool bonus perk. And I didn't think we were gonna see like gameplay, but I thought we were gonna get like some more details on the rules, other than like there's five modes and this is what they're called. Look, you can read the inserts. Yeah. I wanted to be like, there's five modes and this mode, this is what you're trying to do. You know, which again, we're gonna see and we're gonna get all that in due time. I just thought it would have been cool if that was there coming from, you know, Dwight is. Uh, I don't always love Dwight rule sets. I've talked about this openly on the show. Um, like, I just, our brains work differently. I appreciate Keith's uh, approach to designing rules. I don't always appreciate Dwight's. That being said, I think Dwight is like an awesome person. I think he's incredibly passionate about pinball in general and his rule sets. 
like the dude hearing the dude describe his rule set will get me excited about his rule set. Yeah. Me playing his rule set is not fun for me a lot of times. Um, but like, I know that that guy is probably at this point, very excited because I know he's a huge star Wars fan um, to get to work on a second Star Wars game in the last couple of years and Mandalorian, which is incredibly popular currently instead of like a 30-plus-year-old series of movies. Like, I think it would have been cool to get to sit there and hear him. I know they did do the Stern Insider podcast, so maybe all this information's on there. I just haven't paid my $40 a year to be an insider, so I'll wait a week or whatever until they're available publicly, and maybe he has done all of that already. But I just, that was what I kind of expected from the Stern Army meeting was something along those lines instead of them like literally just replaying the videos that we'd already, I personally had watched like 10 times each that day because I was sitting at work yeah. on my computer. And right now at this point of the year, I only have a couple kids left in my program. So I don't have a ton to do at work. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, it looks cool. I, I just want to, now that I've seen it and I'm like, all right, it looks awesome. Now what am I trying to do when yeah, I play so, it is what I want to so know. So we don't point. know 100% on like what everything, what the goals and the modes are and all of that. Like the basic, yeah, basic, exactly. basic features of the game. Like you've got Grogu in the upper left with a magnet. You've got, that's only on the premium and only, pr- only, pr- well, you get the Grogu doll in yeah, all the, the Grogu statue is you there. Get the Grogu them. doll, the Muppet and all models. Um, and that's going, and look, I, I have already sent my deposit. I'm buying this game because I think it's going to do well on location. But I think it's going to do really well because it's got a 7 or 8 inch tall Grogu doll in the back corner and everyone has seen that thing. Like it's a Star Wars marketing genius. Like it's sold so much stuff over the last 2 years. So yeah, I think that's awesome that it's in the game and it's so big because that is going to draw people into playing it. Okay. Well, it's huge. It's massive. And it doesn't really it, it doesn't it doesn't do much. It doesn't. No, it is literally there to to be eye candy, and have kids walk by and go, "Dad, can I have a dollar to play this game?" What? Um, okay, so let's just let's go around the playfield, and okay, what what playfield are you looking at? Oh, I'm not looking at a playfield. I was going to go off of memory, but I'm old, so I should go. Okay, I should, well, I, I should have look pro playfield in front of me. <laughs> no, let's do let's do the premium. Let's do the premium. Now that I'm a premium snob. Oh, I say like, now you're a premium guy. All of a sudden, you get one premium, and I fucking lose you to the premium oh, world. Yeah, I thought I took a. I think. Uh, wait, I think. Oh yeah, I took a still. Okay, I did take it. Well, I mean, they're basically the same, right? The layouts are pretty the same. For, yeah, first of all, they're very first of all, I want to say like the playfield art is. I think the color scheme works really well. I just think it's like I it's agree bright. With that statement. It's bright, like. Yeah, it's just it's just really bright and it's eye catching. It fits the theme. Uh, you've got I like how they use the the different sort of uh, be it lightsaber or laser guns or force electrical magic. They make like these very bright colors that stand out from the palette as you and they're aimed at shots that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, all right. So so left or right? Like so left like the left orbit. That's the one that feeds the. Is that feed Grogu? So I. So again, we're we're this the designer of the game. I don't even think we've mentioned it. Maybe at this point is Brian Eddy, yeah. famous for The Shadow. Most recently did Stranger Things. Attack, That's his first Attack from Mars. Twenty plus years. Yeah. 
very, very accomplished designer. What I'm picturing these orbit shots like, both the left and right, is like the shadow. It's a very far to the side, wide orbit that goes all the way around the back. And there is a up post that is back there that will pop up to divert the ball to your child rollover lanes. Okay. That are like below Grogu. Grogu. Um, is it Grogu or Gorgu? No, I'm I think it's Grogu. Grogu. Yeah, so do I. I think Gary Stern said the wrong name yesterday <laughs> in the meeting, and it's like throwing me off. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I think that orbit can go all the way around from left to right and right to left right. at times. And at other times, the post is going to pop up and help you spell child. Okay. Um, and then you've got the Carl Weathers, lot, the scoop, which starts... Apollo Creed. Apollo oh, yeah, Creed sure. starts your... Um, that's like your mode start. Shot. Yeah, that reminds me of like the Indiana Jones mode start shot. Mm-hmm. That's just what it reminds me of, like location on the play field wise. And then you've got a ramp. You've got your um, you've got your a ramp there that feeds back to the left flipper. Okay, so so straight up the center, you've got that target. You've got a hanging target under what is the the razor crest is the razor the razor crest or the falcon razor if you're getting <laughs> the razor falcon crest ship target which is which I, as as a sculpture i think it looks really good yeah i think it looks good like, um yeah i'm curious on that target i don't think that if it is always down or if it is controlled i think it's always down and at some point so you think it's always down? See, that's what I was trying. I couldn't figure. I think it's. I think it's just. Down, I think it's just. A, and it's just like pretty. Go ahead. Oh, I can't hear you. I just. I. Oh. I just couldn't tell because there's a ramp behind it. Can you hear me? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Um, Taylor. All right. So there's a ramp behind it. So that's why, like in my mind, that ramp is what starts your multi balls. Yeah. And it's got a controlled gate on that ramp at the backside of it to hold balls. But like in my mind, if you're shooting a target, it's going to be hard for a ball to have enough momentum to get up a ramp. But I guess it's not a very steep ramp. And I just thought maybe at some point the target, like you shoot it, say, three times. And on the third one, when it goes back, it stays up until you make the ramp shot or something. But I just don't know. I'm curious. So so I, I looked at that. I looked at the video, like watching the video of the target getting hit and looking at the mechanism that's holding the target. And it does not look like there's anything that would lock it into place. Yeah. See, my thought was just there's like a, a, a hold power coil inside of the Razor Crest or underneath it that we couldn't see. But I, I, I agree oh, with you. I didn't oh. see anything. No, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know, but I don't remember. I, yeah, like when I watched the video, I didn't see anything where I was like, "That's going to keep it." No, I didn't. Up in the- I didn't see anything in the video either that would make me believe it stays up. So. Yeah, so I think it's just like, oh, actually, wow, there's a really good photo of that, and I would say there's that's not- your 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 mic just broke up a little bit. Yeah, that's I- better. Uh, uh, uh. It's like good old days, the good old days. <laughs> I'm here. I can hear you. Good. Yeah, you're real staticky. I don't know, man. I'm not moving. I don't. <laughs> I I don't know. I think your I think your mic cord came out a little bit. I'm pushing it in. All right. Um. But so yes, yeah, so you have that target, and then, so this is where I get really confused. I get confused. So this is what I think. I think that this is one of the cool, a cool mechanism that they have in the game is to the right of that. 
It's like a return. It's like a return ramp, similar to the Jurassic Park Tower, but it can actually lift up and become a scoop, right? Um, no, it is. So it can become like the tower ramp. Or it's a shot where it just goes through, which is what it is on the pro. Okay. Because it's okay. completely missing on the pro. Okay. So it, it, it that reminds me of like the no good gophers ramp. So essentially the ramp drops. It like drops a fork down and it shoots into there and it's like a turnaround, turns right around and comes on the wire form back. To gotcha. You. Yeah. But that's, but that's pretty cool though. That the fact that like, yeah. Cause it's like yeah, basically it creating a shot. In one yeah. Spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the that is what I agree with. Like that, I think is the feature that would most make me want to get the premium. Actually, not the other playfield thing. Because it, yeah, because it adds a ramp. Yeah, it's it's yep. a cool it's a cool Mac. It's a yeah, it's a really cool Mac. I I wonder what like, yeah, I wonder like what happens in multi ball if it's up or down. I would assume it goes down. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I, there is a super jackpot insert there, which I can totally see that being the super jackpot when that like drops and you have to hit yeah, it to turn yeah. around and come back at you. What's and then so the there to the right of that is a that's is that feed the, the Ghostbusters ramp. <laughs> that's the Ghostbusters ramp. Oh wait, let me look. I mean, it looks exactly like the Ghostbusters premium ramp on the right. Oh yeah, yeah it's like a turnaround. Yep, like clear plastic and it, it's a quick U-turn type ramp. And then exits to a wire form. And then to the right of that is a ramp or is it the orbit? Right orbit. Yeah. And that is that what feeds the, what feeds the Mandalorian helmet? The left ramp does. It's got a diverter on it. Oh yeah. Okay. So that you can definitely see if you watch like uh, the specific model, because there's like the gameplay trailer, which shows you footage from both the pro and premium LE. And then there's like two separate videos that are like a little bit longer that are just for the pro and just for the premium LE. And you actually see that diverter in action. Um, and it's, you have to qualify what they call the encounters, um, which you qualify by shooting the left ramp and then shooting the left ramp again, it'll divert to the upper play field, which on the premium LE, this is the the big physical difference. I'd say the biggest physical is a tilting play field in the shape of a Mandalorian helmet that contains two full-sized flippers and six stand-up targets. And on the pro, it is just a separate play field area that is stationary and it has one full-sized flipper and six stand-up targets. When I look at it from like a operating standpoint, because that is what I'm purchasing this game for, all I see in the premium LE is maintenance on that play field. <laughs> yeah. That's like literally what popped into my head. Um, I'm now that being said, Stern is really good about their games. Um, that doesn't mean they're perfect. That mean you know, doesn't mean they don't need adjustments or have issues, but in general, you know, their games are, I'd say more reliable than anybody else's. Uh, that being said, the pro will obviously not have maintenance issues there that the premium LE have because it doesn't have those parts. I mean, I, oh. I think about the mechanism to drive that play field, and it could be really simple because you're basically looking at oh, like, absolutely, you're basically yeah. looking at like a lift ramp, right? Yep. I mean, it just from what I you can even see in the video, it's got essentially what looked like a white plastic post 
on some sort of a servo motor yeah. at the front that is tilting Tilt it, it up tilt yeah, yeah. It lowers yeah so it's nothing crazy but it's just something else that can potentially fail that i don't want to have to deal with so okay so that's the playfield layout your initial reaction is what like what what <laughs> yeah my initial reaction is i think skewed by how much i like the art because i really like the yeah. art um but i think it looks like it's got the potential to be very fun to shoot yeah it's um it looks fun to me that being said i showed it to Alyssa last night yeah. and it was really entertaining because like she really likes the, the star wars and she's only like okay with the mandalorian she actually doesn't like it as much as a lot of the other star wars stuff which i found interesting yeah but she looked at the layout and she goes, it just looks basic. Like there's some ramps and stuff. <laughs> and like, she really likes the shadow. That's one of her favorite. That's like her favorite game, honestly. And I was like, really? That's it? Like, she's like, yeah, like there doesn't look like there's anything special about the ramps. And I was like, okay. And I was like, what about like the hanging target that's in the middle? And she's like, it's just a target still. And I was like, okay. So she like crushed my excitement a little bit last night, but I, I use her as a gauge of like what your, casual person walking through a bar is going to say when they see a machine. So I was like, damn, maybe this isn't as cool as I thought it was. I don't know. I mean, my, my initial reaction was just that. And, and I just bought an Avengers. Yeah. was like, this game looks packed. Like, I I thought it, looking I agree. like looking I feel like at, it looks like there's a ton of stuff. Yeah, to shoot. like looking at Avengers and looking at this, like I think Avengers looks like it there's nothing there. Like there's this game just looks packed with shit. See, I mean half the playfield is think, shit. It's like I think that's because the ramps come so far down on the playfield where all the Avenger stuff is at the back of the play field. Yeah, but there's just because so much I, stuff. I mean, think about Avengers. There's not like a bunch of toys and shit all over the play field. It's just like <sighs> shots. Like this is so like, like I, stuffed with stuff. See, that's what I, that's where like, I, I agree. I still think it looks packed, but when I started looking at it closely, like specifically the Grogu doll and that back left area, again, I think the doll is a good thing to put in there. I think it's awesome. It's big. It's going to grab people's attention. But what caught my eye is like that entire area below him is essentially useless. It's five rollover lanes. I don't disagree. Whereas on Avengers, you have a vertical ramp in the tower. You have a shot through the pops there. You have an up post. You have a spinning disc that on certain models lifts into a subway. That to me, like that area specifically, if you compare that back, back left corner on Avengers and the Mandalorian, like on the Mandalorian, I see a lot of wasted space. I don't. I don't disagree. I'm talking about your like your initial reaction when you saw the playfield though was like, Damn, oh yeah, it's, it's packed. like this is gonna be fun. Right. I want to play. This. So yes. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. Like I do agree. Like once you start looking at it and you start like breaking it down, like there's a lot of stuff to look at, right? But, yes. but what exactly? It's, it's more visually impressive it is than it is physically. Which impressive. isn't which isn't bad. It's just no. It's I, like if I count it right now from left to right. I don't. But probably very similar. One, two, three, four, five, 
it's Avengers has like nine with the captive ball and the the vertical up kicker. Your mic broke up, a but little, again, on your a, mic broke up a little bit. So, so how many? How many? I think it's just the internet connection. It might be the internet connection. So, but how many shots do yeah. you think that there are on Mandalorian? That's just the part that cut out. Seven, seven shots on Mandalorian. Yeah. You think there's I'm nine on Avengers? Seven. But that's counting the captive ball. That's still a shot. Um, I mean, that's still a shot. Yeah, I agree. And and the premium model has the vertical up kicker. The pros, that's just a stand up target. But again, it's a shot. Um, and I'm ignoring the stand ups on the sides of Mandalorian as well as the drop targets on Avengers. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking like you know, kind of main shots. I just feel like Avengers packs in two more shots in my mind. So I, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like, and that's not counting your upper flipper shots. My my initial reaction on uh, on Mandalorian was that it looked really packed, and then like starting to like dig into it a little bit. Now, I I will say like I think it looks really cool. I mean, and this is just like from a player's perspective because I play my games a lot, like. The things that, so the the overhead is really interesting because the overhead, like, and then watching the video, especially of Grogu interaction with the ball, because that seems like a pretty important feature. And then looking at it from like the video, when you're looking at it where it's more like from a player's perspective, like I don't even see that you're going to actually see the interaction with the magnet that much with Grogu. Um yeah, I, I made the comment yesterday that that looks like the most useless magnet in the history of pinball to me. Yeah, it's just completely like, because there's a bunch of shit in front of it. I mean, that's the thing is like, there's a lot of stuff on well, this game, but there's so much stuff on this game. It almost seems like, like almost half of the play field looks like it's got stuff all over it, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like it looks packed and I'm not saying the game doesn't have value. I'm just thinking like, being able to like follow the ball, like being able to like clearly, clearly follow the ball around the play field is one of the things that I do love about Keith Elwin's designs. Like I, mm-hmm. I think about, like, I think Elwin's designs a lot of times, it's almost like you took like the geometry of a classic game and just like put some ramps in there in like really like great spots. Right. Where it's like you continue the flow of a classic game. And that's something that is just different, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if it's fair to compare them. I don't know. I will say I think the ramps on this game look cool and fun to shoot. I think the game looks really cool. Um, I'm not going to – I'm not I'm not trying yeah. to compare it. I'm not – I'm just thinking, like – I'm thinking about, like, what I, I've been playing. As far as the use of space, that back left corner to me just seems really sparse. Yeah as far as like functionality for the ball uh, rollover lanes to me are already kind of lame. Like Elwin doesn't have those in any of his games. Does he? I'm thinking about it right now. No, no. like, right. It, it's a very traditional thing to see in a pinball machine. I understand that. But to me, like it doesn't involve a lot of interactivity from the player. Like at most you're lane changing, right? Um, not that exciting. And then to have five lanes essentially on this game, whereas like most games only have three, maybe two, like five just seems like a ton of rollover lanes to me to spell out child. Oh, dude. Uh, you know what game I, and it then, makes me think of Jungle Lord? 
like when you get into the Bagatelle and Jungle Lord and you're like, yeah. oh my God, like there's so much like I I I have to hit that one freaking shot and it's it's impossible. I have no control over this at all, you know? Yeah. That 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 seems odd to me. And now granted there's gonna be lane change here, I'm sure. Um but in my mind, so like I see that magnet there and I, I see the video and it's it's making the ball move around the child lanes. And it just confuses me because like Brian Eddy has like a really good history with magnets. Like the Sanctum magnet yeah. is freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, the Stranger Things premium LE magnet on the backboard catching the balls for a lock is pretty amazing. Yeah. And then this one is just like, hey, we have a randomizing magnet in the back of the play field. So it's never going to like make you drain, which I do appreciate because those are the worst when magnets <laughs> do that. But so not like, I mean, let's be realistic. Star Wars is largely revolves around the force. Grogu in the series is demonstrating some force powers. I understand how a magnet can seem like magic, like the force, and would make use like a good use in a Mandalorian or Star Wars themed pinball machine. And instead, it's just like a randomizing magnet at the back of the playfield that's helping you spell some rollover lanes. Like, I just, I don't understand it. It's almost like we had some money left in the budget. What should we do with it? Ah, throw a magnet here. Yeah, I just don't see. Yeah, I just. But again, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, that that to me is is the weirdest design choice in the machine, Those those excessive rollover lanes and then the placement of the magnet on certain models. All right. What about the, uh, what do you, how do you feel about the mini play field? Cause that seems to be something that people are very passionate about. <laughs> like um, a lot of, and, a lot of I comments have, about the mini play field. I've largely not read a ton of pin side. So like I was looking forward to pin side for the last couple of weeks, knowing Stern's getting close to a release, hoping there'd be some sort of a leak because like reality is just, I'm excited for a new pinball machine. Yeah. At this point. Uh, oh, the waterfall. I've missed yeah, it, dude. There it is. Oh, Hold on, that. everybody. Uh, I got it. I feel relaxed okay, all of good, a sudden. Good, 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 good. Uh, by the way, we're like at like two hours and you only want to do an I hour. Know, I'm sorry. This happens with us. <laughs> I missed you. Um, so uh, anyway, I I think it's cool that it's uniquely shaped. When the first picture leaked and people were trying to figure it out and you know, we only saw the LE initially that night. Yeah. My thought was it was maybe almost like the Congo mini play field. Mm -hmm. um, and this was before I'd seen video and stuff, but that's kind of how I was picturing it because like in the picture that leaked, you could tell it was on an angle. So my mind was like, maybe there's a captive ball in there, like on Congo. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you qualify it, you are then playing this play field and it's got a plastic cover over it and it's vertical on the play field and you're playing like a vertical mini game. That was what I thought it might be. And then to see that it moves is cool. Like Jersey Jack just did Pirates that had a moving play field. So it's not like it's revolutionary, but it's it's unique. It's not something that's on a ton of machines. Um, I do, it seems like such a small play field to have two full-size flippers on it. Kind of like Game of Thrones felt to me. Yeah, Like it's a very small area to have two flippers. Um, the pro area... I kind of like how that is shaped a little better with only the one flipper and like a rubber for nudging. Uh, and the only thing I can think of that it reminds me of that we've kind of seen that I can compare as far as like gameplay would feel is I don't know if you've actually ever seen or played an Aerosmith LE uh, or premium I, that has that upper play field. I have, I have played one. I thought that upper play field on Aerosmith was incredibly fun for as like 
simple as it was, I'm like, this is stupid. It's one flipper and a couple of stand-up targets, yeah. which is what this looks like. I really enjoyed it. But a big part of what made me enjoy it was you're not up there very often. And when you are up there, you're not up there for very long. Yeah. With this Mandalorian, like, you know, and who knows how the rules are going to work on it. So maybe it'll be challenging or whatever. But on the premium and LE with those two full-size flippers, there's like barely any space for the ball to drain, it looks like. Did you and did like, you watch the video of that? The video of that yeah. upper play field makes it look like just a fucking flail fest. Like Yeah, exactly. Not and, and to be fair, that's what Congo's lower play field is. Yeah, but um like you're spelling the word Congo and stand up targets and it it gets harder each time because the targets stay you have to lay all the targets, they stay lit for less time once you've hit them once. Um and it gets a shorter amount of time to complete it. So that's all I can picture, like, is that sort of rule set on this? Because the reality is it's just stand-up targets. Like, there's only so much you can do with the rules. But what's the value? So, but, but in Congo, what's the value of playing the lower play field? Like, what does it actually uh, give you? The first time it awards you 20 diamonds, I think is what it is. The second time it awards you the gray multi-ball, which is a multi-ball, but it actually halves the value of your jackpots versus a traditional multi-ball. Okay. Um, and then after that, I think it's, uh, diamonds again. And like, it's, it's back and forth between like awards. Mine's on tournament mode. So it's always the same pattern. So that's what I'm going off. But of. so, but um, so this, the helmet that's, though, that's, the helmet on Mandalorian, that appears to be like your main multi-ball, right? No, you don't think. Okay. No, your main multi-ball is coming from the, the razor crest. Okay. The helmet is what they're calling encounters, which based on like their titles seem to be like from when fight scene kind of broken out in the show. Oh, okay. So my guess is like the targets kind of symbolize the enemies and like you're shooting the enemies the way you would, like they would have been the episodes. Oh, okay. That, Cause that's what I'm picturing. So I think they're meant to be like brief, like it's a firefight. It's a brief battle. I don't think you're supposed to be on that play field for extended periods. So I was just, I was looking at the one, two, three as like those were locks no, I think those are levels of the battle. Essentially, oh, okay. Or of the okay. of the encounter. Well, I mean, okay, because yeah, because when I watched, okay, that that makes sense. Because when I was watching the video, I was like, "What is this? Just does not." No, your your main <laughs> your main multi balls all involve that shot up the middle through the razor crest target. Oh, really? Which I think is good for your casual players. Okay, like for people walking up, they're gonna see this target that is literally right in the middle of the play field. And it's clearly attached to the ship, uh, the ship from the show, and shooting at it is going to be easy because it's in the middle, and it's going to start you a multi-ball. Which realistically, that is what new players and casual players want. They want to get the multi-ball going. So I think the encounters are much more of like a single ball on that playfield area, and you're trying to win like little encounters from the show. So and I can't remember like it's in I think they have them listed on this week in pinball. I'll see if they have the names of them, but they're recognizable battles from the show. All right, so um Yeah, so you have one on order. I am waiting for Godzilla. Um yeah, yeah. If this wasn't for like if this was just for me at home, yeah. I don't think I would just order a Mandalorian. I would want to play it. Like it, again, it looks cool. It looks super cool. In it. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, I have to have this right away. Yeah. But for location, when it's been a relatively, eh, my location's different. Like Indiana, we've been allowed to be open, and 
I've done quite a bit since I actually had more free time this year as far as changing up games and adding and taking away stuff. But like it's when something new like this comes out, like I have a lot of players at my location that are big star Wars fans. Like multiple players in my league have star Wars tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Not joking. Yeah. So like this makes sense for me to get absolutely um, for that reason alone. And yeah, but if it was again, just for me and my home, yeah, I wouldn't be as in a big of a rush. And with the persistent rumors of Keith Elwin on a Godzilla game, yeah, that's absolutely in the back of my mind too. It's like, well, if I'm getting this now, am I going to sell it in six months when that gets announced? Or am I selling something else? And that'll depend like if this game's doing really well on location for me, like I would obviously keep it. Um, but if it's not, like, then okay, so who wants a Mandalorian? Here you go. Yeah. But I want to give it a chance. And I, again, Shadow is one of my favorite games ever. Like, I love that. I really enjoy Medieval Madness, which I think you really enjoy. Yep. You really enjoy Attack from Mars. Yep. I I don't. Uh, but, you know, two out of three is not bad for what I really like from Brian Eddy. And, again, I think I don't think Stranger Things is as bad as I make it out to be. It's just I, again, had a lot of passion for that series, and it wasn't what I expected. And it's a lot like Attack from Mars. So, Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Well, look, yeah. we, will, we will watch Dead Flip stream this next you, week you will watch i will be at work because it's on a friday night and i work on friday all right nights. well look have, but have, i look forward to seeing it whenever i get off well of how about this <laughs> we will we will watch the stream we will watch the dead flip stream and then we will record again and we will discuss then what we think about what we see because i think i I like that mostly because that was you just already committing to talking to me. Again. I'm, commi- I'm committed uh, on, to I'm committed microphones. to talking to you again. I'm I'm uh, I'm yeah I'm I'm ready to uh, get back to some normalcy, which includes talking to you. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird that it's like been our normalcy? The whole last like nine months felt off for my life because of you. Way to go! Oh, man. Man, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I uh, no, I I totally get anytime you want to step away or if I want to step away, I think we'll do that. Yeah, it's not that like we don't like doing this. We obviously do, but like we're just busy people and we have some other stuff going on in our life sometimes. Yeah. And when we record and you guys listen and give us feedback or interact with us, like I genuinely like it and appreciate it. But it's also not like the top thing in my life. And if you ever want to reach out and just message us, like I, we've become friends with a lot of people who listen to the show over the years. And like, I appreciate my friendships from the show. We've talked about that before more than anything yeah. that we've gotten from doing Absolutely. this show. Um, that's what's been so cool about it. Uh, but yeah, man, I feel like it just feels good to talk to you and share our opinions and banter back and forth. And I didn't even make fun of you for being old. <laughs> like at all in this episode because i'm so excited to have you I want to chase you away. i feel like you did make but fun of old. me being old like early on in the episode maybe uh, that didn't get recorded but i said like five <laughs> not all of us have been around for five decades that's, yeah, that's not yet that. Not, that was just like a statement of fact. not yet look i'm not going to comment on your hair or your uh look oh <laughs> dude I look literally last night getting ready for bed Alyssa was like so like what's going on with the hair can we talk about something <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what's coming. I'm like, am I getting dumped? Are we like, oh, no. we've been talking about potentially trying to have kids. She's like, no, and I like, can't do that with you. She got she to like cancel that, <laughs> you know? And then she's just like, how long are you going to go before you cut your hair? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I got two weeks of school left. I'm out in two weeks. So I, I'll think about it at that point. But for the rest of the school year, I got to at least keep the hair. No, man, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I think, I think now, like, I mean, I, I will say like being fully vaccinated and having a lot of my friends who've like 
fully vaccinated and like getting together and playing pinball with people. That makes me want to talk about pinball. Like that makes me excited about pinball. Like being in my basement playing pinball by myself is not, it's like, that's a cool escape, but it's not so, something I want to see. This about. is what I picture is like, you go play pinball with your friends and you have like your ball and like you get kind of, you're kind of an intense dude. I don't know if you know that uh, about yourself. What? No. But like you're ham fisted. Like I could see you, you know, <laughs> occasionally being really happy, but occasionally being like pissed off about a ball. But then you have to step away and let the other players take their turns. So you have like your cool down period. But when you're in your basement cranking out a couple hundred games oh. every week with no cool down time in between balls, like I can see like pinball like getting to you. My like, um, just putting you on edge. I have carpal tunnel syndrome right now. And it's from playing from pinball. It's from playing pinball. Yeah. But I believe, but it. I will say, I, yeah, I, um, but I will say this, like my favorite thing about hanging out with people and playing pinball is when I'm not playing like that is straight up. Like when you have, when you have your friends over and like you're having some beers and you are playing and your friend is blowing up a game, like that is the best. And that's, and, oh, and yeah. that's what I miss. Like I miss those, like, Moments where you're like, you know, you're, you get to sit back and you're like, oh, hell yeah. Like, dude, you just crushed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm for one, definitely glad to have you back here recording and glad that you just seem to feel better at this point, uh, being vaccinated and seeing humans again. Oh man. Uh, I've been seeing humans for most of this time outside of that first like eight weeks and I'm ready for summer vacation and not seeing humans again. <laughs> so I've got two weeks until I head to the lake and I'm spending like, I think 10 days up nice. there right after school gets out. Nice. I've already taken off a weekend from the bar and I'm looking forward to getting away from people and working on some pinball restorations <laughs> and stuff. So Taylor, Awesome to have you back, man. Glad we got to talk about a new game. That's exciting. Uh, And like you said, we'll we'll watch the stream here in uh, nine, ten days, whatever it is, and we'll we'll talk about that whenever we have time. All right, Tommy. It's good to talk to you, man, and we will talk soon. Sounds good. All right. Later. Later. Bye.